The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. from her closet high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, Leanne Philipson. Have you noticed how much the dairy aisle has changed? Gone are the days of just bags and the odd carton of of dairy milk. Well, now you can get goat's milk. It's a staple as well as an abundance of milk that comes from plants. Ah, what? How can that be? Isn't the most nutritious white stuff supposed to come from a cow or some other animal? I mean, we have buffalo milk cheese, for goodness sake. Isn't that like a big beast of an animal that's got to give us a whole bunch of nutrients? Well, maybe. So why on earth do we need to squeeze a soybean or pulverize an oat flake to make milk? Well, it's not actually a really new thing or a new fad. The earliest mention of soy milk written in texts are Chinese from 1365, where they're talking about a soybean milk. Egyptian cookery books, well, they first mentioned the almond milk in the 13th century, and it was actually spotted in literature a little closer to home in the UK. Well, that happened in 1390. So basically, no, this ever-growing section in the supermarket that you are seeing is not a fad. Milk made from beans, nuts, seeds, and grains really isn't out there as much as you might think. Sure, for health reasons like easing digestive discomfort, like IBS, diarrhea, even skin issues like eczema, swapping out the usual glass or pour over your cereal of animal-based milk can help. But plant-based milk also fit into situations like religious holidays or occasions, such as Ramadan or even Lent. I know that steering you off your usual glass of the white stuff may seem just a tad crazy, and nothing could be further from your mind. And I can only imagine you sitting there shaking your head at the mere suggestion. Or maybe your fridge is already stocked with a variety of milks that come from plants. So no matter where you're at, doesn't matter. I know you're here and you want to listen. So today on Eat This with Leanne, let's do a deep dive into plant-based milks. Why on earth you would try it? How do you get milk from a nut, a bean, a seed, or anything else anyway? What's the healthiest or even the best option? And how does this compare to dairy milk? I've got my favorites, but really at the end of the day, the most asked question that I get is, will it taste okay in my coffee? Coffee? Yes, please. I'll take extra cream, 30 sugars. One of the first videotapings that I think I ever did was for a Jack LaLanne power juicer elite that could also make soy milk. (laughs) Quick sidebar here. Honestly, this is not a plug for the product. Please don't go and buy it. Jack LaLanne, that's phenomenal. I know, right? I think it was like 2002. 
And I was brought in as the nutritionist to talk about making a plant-based milk with this machine, a juicer, uh, with soy milk in particular. Now, I think I was actually kind of surprised at the time that there was such a thing out there. I don't know that I, it ever crossed my mind to like, how do you make soy milk anyway? But I know that I've been <laughs> drinking it for years, but I don't even think that I thought that, like I didn't even have that question for myself. Okay, okay, okay. Wait, wait, wait. wait. What, what Did they, ta- so this was filmed? This was a taping? of some sort? Yeah, yeah. I don't think he even got paid for it. I wonder if I can find it. I am looking for that video. I actually searched Jack LaLanne and then it was there. There was a woman standing there and I suddenly thought, no, that can't be me. But the date was like 2010. So it was on. It must have been early 2000s when I was asked to do this. Maybe 2003, four. I don't really remember, but it was definitely earlier than that. But oh, my goodness. After my first daughter was born, I made homemade almond milk as her drink of choice when I wasn't around to breastfeed her from about 14 months onwards. I was doing a business course and starting my new venture called Sprout Right at the time, and I needed to have an alternative that was not dairy-based. I knew rice milk wasn't enough. Everybody was super worried that I'd be giving her something like that. And I didn't want all the sugar and the extra ingredients that were in all the other things that were on the market back then in 2003, 2004. So I made it myself. And yes, people thought I was nuts, but you know, that's not new for me because I tend to be slightly ahead of the curve. So it became such a whiz at making it for her that I included my recipes in both of my books. My first one being Sprout Right Nutrition from Tummy to Toddler. And then my newest one, guess what I'm going to say? Award winning Sprout Right (laughs) Family Food. I got to get that in there. I think every episode now, (laughs) although although it was quite the labor of love to do soaking and blending and straining it through cheesecloth. And then actually, I found some jelly making bags and that did did the trick. Fast forward to now, there are all sorts of nut milk bags to strain out the pulp that make it so much easier than what I did back in the day. Why ditch the dairy, I hear you ask? Well, dairy doesn't need to be a villain here, honestly. You don't have to ditch it entirely. I know you sometimes like having the odd steak, even if you're trying to eat more fish or maybe some lean meats. It doesn't have to be an all-or-nothing relationship. I still have clotted cream on my scones, darling. I know that sounds really super highbrow, but I had to say it like that because it's my British coming out. A little doubt nabby upstairs on that one, yeah. But when we make scones, which is kind of once in a blue moon, and my daughter loves making them, then we got to go and find the right cream because you just smother it on there and then put the jam on top. So although I'm digressing, I know that you like a little British story coming out because everybody says you couldn't have lived in England for 15 years. You don't sound like it. Well, there's more things that happen in my life that are more British than what I say. So do you need to ditch the dairy for these plant-based alternatives? Not necessarily. But dairy is one of the top foods that I find myself recommending to my clients to ditch for a certain period of time. If you remember from episode 40, when I did the live consultation and talked to Roseanne, she had like a bizarre number of what seemed unrelated symptoms going on, like her swollen fingers to her gut issues of about like five urgent bowel movements a day. Oh, and also her sleep was completely off. Not good at all. 
At the time, my one and only suggestion at the end of that episode was for her to eliminate the cream from her coffee and all the other dairy that she was eating. And I thought, said, let's just see what happens. I've talked to her actually this past week as now she's come to me to work with her to figure out everything else that's going on. And you know what? No more digestive issues, no more urgency, and no more odd swollen fingers. Her coffee intake lessened because she wasn't having the cream. So she kind of said, I don't really want to have that much. So she might have one or two cups instead of the four or five that she was having. So, of course, that helped her sleep pattern. So just to say that adjusting your diet from what you consistently do every single day without thinking about it can be incredibly powerful. It's not easy, but it can be simple. Now, I find dairy kind of sneaky. It seems to creep into many foods a little bit like sugar, uh, and it's easy to eat at every single meal without really thinking about it. Many of us don't realize that there's an issue and whatever symptom it is that you might have going on, it's not particularly glaringly obvious and makes you think that dairy could be the culprit. I know people who crave cheese and there's no way that they could live without it. Then there's also those that drink a glass of milk because it's what they've always done. I sure grew up having a glass of milk with each meal because it's what my parents were told that it's healthy. But what if it's the dairy that is actually causing your gut issues, your explosive diarrhea, the blood in your stool, the constipation or the constant gassiness? What about your aches and your pains and feeling kind of creaky in the morning when you get out of bed or even about having high blood pressure or high cholesterol? Did I mention post nasal drip and sinusitis? That sounds serious. Mm hmm. And there's your kids ear infections, the constant colds that they have and skin issues like eczema. Yep. I've seen all of these improve without eating dairy, but it's hard to know. Because so many doctors, they don't really see a correlation, and it's not something that you're necessarily going to have a discussion about as you sit down and speak with whoever your healthcare provider is. And that the symptoms, they're not really blaring, kind of like a they're not going to slap you in the face as soon as you have a, have a glass of milk and say, hey, this is exactly what's causing the problem. So like I said, it can be really tricky. Now, by now, if you're a longtime listener, I know that you know that I question everything. Dairy is often one that I look at because of its being kind of sneaky and how it affects our body. Okay, enough about that. I could go on and on about this, but I'm not going to. If you do want me to talk about more more about dairy in another episode, just reach out and let me know. You can find me on social media, email, or comment in the show notes on leannephillipson.com. So let's move more into plant-based milks and really break them down. Plant-based milks, they're made by grinding a bean or a nut, and then they add in water, flavors, vitamins, and minerals. The nutrients and the amount of sugar in plant-based milks, well, that varies considerably on how it's produced and what they think it needs to be added. Cow's milk, well, we know that contains protein, calcium, B vitamins, potassium. The nutrients, well, they're pretty consistent. And really with cow's milk, it's the only thing that changes is really to do with the fat. So do you buy low fat? Do you buy full fat? But everything else pretty much stays the same. Now, something like soy milk is fortified with calcium. So they actually add a little bit of something into that to try and make it as close to cow's milk as possible. So you have more of a one-to-one switch, but it's lower in other nutrients compared to cow's milk. Some plant-based milks are really low in protein. 
which can be a concern if you're swapping that out for your kids and they're still drinking a lot of milk or even someone who's elderly. So just keep that in your back pocket. Plant-based milks are becoming way more popular because some people actually prefer the taste of them and they like the variety of different flavors that you can get. It's definitely preferred by people who are allergic or have issues. They know that they just can't drink milk and like almost get an instant bellyache and all the symptoms that I mentioned earlier. And please know that the list for the symptoms is a lot longer, but we don't have time for all of them here. But just know that it can kind of touch on almost everything. You're likely to have used a really popular plant-based milk and maybe you're not really sure that you've ever used it. Have you ever heard of coconut milk? Mm-hmm. That's the liquid that comes from grated coconut meat and can be really thick and creamy, or sometimes it's a bit thinner and more milk-like. Maybe you've had a Thai green curry or some sort of Caribbean curry when you were either away or you know someone that makes that at home, or maybe that's just part of your recipe repertoire. I even have a can of coconut cream lined up to make a new Donna Hay ice cream recipe that looks delish. I'll let you know how it turns out, or you never know, I might share the recipe with Chris or his lovely wife and see if they fancy making it. Chris is far more of a connoisseur of ice cream than I am. Maybe not a connoisseur. I don't know. Are you a connoisseur or you're just... Eat a lot of it so you know what's good and what's not. First, uh, could you uh, uh, define connoisseur for me? Does that mean does that mean you eat it by the barrel? Does that mean you try it every once in a while? Does that mean that all you- of it? How's that? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Compared to you, I'm very much an expert in ice cream. Yeah. Okay, all right then. So maybe Chris will make it, and then he'll weigh in on whether it's any good or not. So there's soy milk, there's almond, rice, cashew, walnut, hazelnut, hemp, oat, and sesame. Well, I think there's sesame. I'm sure I'm missing a few, but you get the gist. Now, I wanted to know more about all of these milks. And as you're listening in as well, I think you do too. So I reached out to a company who makes a wide variety of nut milks, and they seem to have a different way of going about it that actually speaks more to the nutrition that I've seen to other milks. So I wanted to find out what makes a better option, what we need to look out for when we, I'm putting myself in here too, but go and buy a plant-based milk. And of course I have a whole bunch more questions. This is Eat This with Leanne. I'm grateful to have found Dr. Shesham Kaur, who specializes in the area of global nutrition and food-based nutrient delivery systems. He's our first food scientist on Eat This with Leanne, so I'm thrilled to geek out with him over this topic. Just so you know that he's the real deal, (laughs) our lovely doctor today has published more than two dozen research papers in peer-reviewed journals and holds two patents. I'm impressed. I hope you are too. He's also the vice president of innovation at Steuben Foods and spearheads the research and development of low acidic, aseptic, plant-based milks sold under the brand of Elmhurst Milked. Now, if he doesn't have the answers to all my questions, I do not know who will. Welcome, Shashank, to Eat This with Leanne. Well, thank you so much, Leanne. It's my pleasure to be uh, on your show, and uh, I have a lot to share. 
And I love that you are a registered dietitian. So I think it'll be an interesting conversation. So, Actually, I'm a registered nutritionist just for oh, the di- just for the love. dietitians out there because there is a difference. So <laughs> listeners just know that. And I just want to make sure that I stay in, you know, stay in the place where where I am. And so just to be to be perfectly transparent. So registered nutritionist. There you Perfect. Go. So we'll have good nutrition conversations here. That's right. um, so my name is Shashank Gore and I work as a vice president of innovation at Elmhurst Milk. Um, I have a PhD in food science and human nutrition uh, from the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. And I have a master's from Cornell University uh, in Ithaca, New York. Uh, at Elmhurst, I primarily focus on research and development of new, pro- new and innovative products and uh, help our brand take those products from concept to commercialization. This could include many things. It could include helping with health claims, regulations, you know, generating marketing content, writing white papers, doing research for them, and pretty much anything and everything our team needs, you know, both marketing sales. So that's sort of my role. I touch a lot of departments within the organization, and that's what makes my job very interesting. That's really, really cool. And just by all of your you know, your qualifications, you know, we're talking the same language with food here, even though there's all of these other things that you do. I'm guessing that that's your foundation, right? Yep. All right. So let's talk plant-based milk, because I think this is an area where a lot of people think, oh yeah, let's try this out. Or, oh no, actually, I don't want to do that. Is there a particular reason why that maybe that you've seen or feedback that you've got, why someone would choose to switch to a plant-based milk over a dairy? Yeah, the number one reason I have seen someone choose a plant-based milk uh, is health. It used to be primarily because of lactose intolerance. You know, people would switch to plant-based milks. But over the years, people have become more and more aware of plant-based diets and their health benefits. In terms of research, there is a plethora of research out there and clinical trials out there that talk about Mediterranean diets and vegetarian diets and how uh, you know, they are shown to lower risk um, of developing coronary heart diseases, for example, you know, reducing high blood pressure, you know, help with diabetes and so on. So th- I think there is more and more awareness right now. And people are transitioning to healthier alternatives than what they used to have. Obviously, sustainability is the second, in my opinion, is the second reason. Uh, but health is primary. Yes. And in terms of like <clears throat> health issues, is there something that seems to direct people a little bit more to not so much the plant-based diet, but more into switching milk? Because there are a lot of people out there that are just, they're hardcore on their dairy and they just, you know, they want to still have their cheese. They want to still have their glass of milk. And when I'm dealing with clients, a lot of the time in my, in my consulting that I do a lot, when I'm suggesting to someone, okay, well, why don't we just try a different kind of milk, maybe an almond milk, that's probably one of the more common ones, but you know, we'll try a different kind of milk, maybe in your smoothie, or let's just switch it out. And then they go and pour a glass of it. And then they come back to me and say, what are you doing to me? This, there's no <laughs> comparison at all. So there has to be a motivating and a driving force for someone to switch to something that they've probably done since they were since they were kids. So health being the, you know, the most important thing, but is there that much healthiness to a plant-based milk over your traditional dairy? Yeah, that's a very good question. And, you know, 
I used to work in a dairy, so I have nothing against dairy. Um, we used to be a dairy, you know, Elmhurst used to be a dairy for a very long time. It's not so much about dairy versus plant-based the way I see it. The switch happens because people are concerned with saturated fats that come along with through dairy. Plant-based diets offer more of the unsaturated fatty acids, especially monounsaturated fatty acids um, and polyunsaturated fatty acids. Um, and they are known to be, to be healthier. Now, I want to point out that not all plant milks are healthy and not all plant milks are tasty and could be, you know, a good replacement for dairy. Um, so it is very important for people to, to look at what they are consuming and then also look at the functionality. So if I pour you a glass of plant-based milk, you know, and if it doesn't taste good and if it's, it, it, the label doesn't look, you know, healthy or, you know, the nutrition label has let's say, you know, too much junk in the ingredient deck, then obviously it's not a good replacement to dairy. Um, right. So the, that's the key here, that you have to look at what you're drinking. And then from the health point of view, I think the saturated fatty acids is one of the things that people are moving away from. Yep, I think that's pretty fair Pretty fair to say. Whether people really are, are aware of it, as when I'm dealing with clients and maybe they've got some gut issues going on or just any particular symptoms, and I say, you know, this really could be from all that milk that you're drinking, so let's see you know, otherwise what happens. And then all of a sudden they say, oh, but I don't feel this anymore. And I don't feel that anymore. So things do definitely change. They change anytime you change your diet. So I think the exploration into plant-based milk is, is such a fascinating thing. So on that sort of thread, is there a particular milk that's healthier than others? I've brought up that there is hemp milk to oat milk to almond to soy. That soy is probably the the best known one or that people can pick up in a, in a supermarket as a bit of a straight swap and doesn't taste that, that different. But I know that there are so many more out there that people would maybe think, oh, I'm not sure about that, but I'll give it a try. But if there, we're looking at the healthiest option, if we're just talking health as opposed to taste, we'll come on to that after, where, where, where would you direct people to go? So healthiness is an interesting term, right? Uh, it, healthiness of plant-based milks depends on two factors. Okay. One is the grain, nuts, and seeds that are used for preparing that milk. So okay. each of that grain, nut, or seed brings its own nutrition. And then you have to look at that and, and figure out what kind of nutrition profile you're going to get out of that milk. Um, so that's number one. And the number two part is how much of that ingredient is actually present in your milk. And that mm -hmm. is the key because you look out in the market, most of the plant-based milks have a lot of junk in there. And there's a reason, there's a technical reason for, for that being there. Uh, one is that not everybody has the technology that we got to process the grains, nuts, and seeds in a way that we could maximize nutrients in per serving of your milk and also to maintain the functionality. Uh, also, they don't have the packaging facility like we do and the packaging that we do. So that puts us in a very good spot. But overall, in, in my opinion, it's, it's two things. One, grain, nuts, and seeds that are used and what are the levels of those. The healthy part could differ. Um, obviously, you know, well, we have a diversified portfolio. So if you want omega-3 fatty acids, our walnut milks are perfect. You know, they provide 1,400 milligrams of omega-3 fatty acids, you know, alpha-linolenic acid um, per serving. Okay. If you are looking for 
heart healthy fats, you know, our almond milk almonds are perfect. They provide seven grams of heart healthy monounsaturated fatty acids um, and three milligrams of antioxidant vitamin E. Each of those nuts, grains, and seeds provide your different nutrition profiles. So usually what we recommend is drink all of them and balance that nutrient profile uh, in, mm. through your day rather than, you know, just doing one milk at a time because not, uh, not every single plant-based milk can offer you all the nutrition, just like milk. I love that. And already I'm thinking of, you know, if I make some sort of bowl or something like that for dinner or lunch or whatever, I'm going to have some green spinach in there. Then I'm also going to add in some sesame seeds to a black rice as opposed just to change it up a little bit and then maybe put in some some salmon on top of it. So my bowl itself is offering a wide variety of nutrients. So I guess why wouldn't your milk? Something that you said that I want to circle back to, uh, which I think is a really important piece of this conversation from your, obviously, science background is when someone walks into a supermarket and you hit that aisle and you're overwhelmed with, oh, what, you know, do I try this one? Do I try that one? And what's this ingredient list and how much stuff I call, tend to call those rogue ingredients and, you know, those kind of things. So how does someone decide on which which one to try, no matter what type it is, if it's oat or almond or rice milk or whatever, what is it? What are the key things that they're looking for? It sounds like you've got some pretty cool technology going on in the background. I don't know. Um, I, I haven't really looked into Elmhurst that much, but I know that there's a difference. So that was part of our interview is I wanted to understand that a little bit more, but really people just need to know, like, why am I choosing this particular product? That's a great question. <clears throat> and I get asked that a lot of times. I'm sure. Most of the times people just look at basic things, right? They look at calories. Um, they probably look at, you know, protein, and then they look at ingredient deck. Uh, I want to say it, it goes beyond that. Um, so you can't just, you know, judge a milk based on the calorie content because often they are healthy calories. You know, often it's because of the healthy fats that exist in the nuts. Um, so our recommendation usually, usually is look at the ingredient deck see what's in there. Um, our products, for example, the two ingredient milk have two ingredients, water and nuts, um, versus, you know, other products that are out there, they contain gums and thickeners like Santan, you know, gum arabic, carrageenan, um, yeah. you know, gum arabic. Uh, try to stay away from them because what's happening here is that people use those gums to junk up your product. So they use very little of almonds and a lot of gums to give that mouthfeel to, to, you know, bulk up the product. Mm -hmm. But what's happening is you're not getting enough nutrient from the almond itself. Um, versus for us, it's a challenge as a food scientist. We have, we have to use a lot more grains, nuts, and seeds per serving because our mouthfeel comes from that actual nut. Our, you know, taste comes from that actual nut. Our nutrition comes from that actual nut. Not from the gums, not through fortificants, not through any added protein or anything. So it is very, very, very important to look at the ingredient deck. Next, if you really want to see, once you, once you know it's a, it's a clean deck, then look at the protein content because sometimes that tells the story. If, if, you know, if a product is high in protein, that means that that company has used more amount of nuts per serving unless they're fortifying it. So be careful with that. If, if you see any protein powder in there, that's not the protein coming from the nuts, that's coming from that added protein. I wanna say that ingredient deck is the most important thing to look at. Um, and 
I, I want to say that don't just look at the calories because our almond milk and cashew milk, you know, we are unapologetic about it. We are high in calories, but those are good fats. Those are MUFAs and PUFAs that you need. You know, those are the omega-3 fatty acids that, that are good for your health. That's where you get your vitamin E from. And you're not saying anything different that to what my listeners have probably heard me say a million times, like read the <laughs> label. It's so important because all the information is there. You just need to have the foundation, which I think you've just provided beautifully. So thank you so much for that to, you know, to help us to understand because, you know, years ago, plant-based milks would get, just get such a bad rap of, you know, you've got three almonds worth of nutrients in your almond milk here. Like that, what is that? You're not, this is not offering any particular nutrition. Um, and then also I kind of think, well, not all of your nutrition has to come from the milk that you're having. I think we've been, we've been conditioned to think that, you know, from the sort of the dairy push and that we've all grown up with. I grew up with that certainly. So really trying to make a change and understand that whole aisle can blow a lot of people's brains at times where they just think, Oh, forget it. I'll just buy the one that I think looks pretty or whatever it happens to be. And we'll try it and we'll see what the family thinks. But yeah. for those that want to be a bit more in the know, I think that, yeah, I think what you've just offered is really, really powerful because it's a discerning eye that can decide upon where you're going to put your dollars. And that doesn't matter what product you're talking about. It's, it's everything. It's everything that you go and put into your basket. So thank you. That really explained it well. It landed for me anyway. I hope it landed for all the listeners as well. Um, so are there any particular, when you're looking at that list, so you, you mentioned a few, can you just go over those kind of no-go ingredients? Um, I'm, I'm aware of a couple of them, but I'll just let you, you know, scientists to go through the ones that are <laughs> that are the ones that you when you see it on the list just put it back on the shelf yeah so you know what one of the things we always do is competitive analysis and most of the ingredients we have seen in the market especially in the plant-based aisle are gums and thickeners and as i mentioned they're used to bulk up the milk so that means you're not getting the right amount of nutrition through your product so some of those ingredients could be you know gums like gum arabic um it's pretty common there's xanthan which is pretty common uh which is used out uh, the gelin is another one which is very commonly used guar gum um there are yeah. lecithins that are used as an emulsifier to keep the fat and water emulsion together um mm. also try to stay away from them and it's not about staying away from them if you do research you will find that these ingredients could also cause gut issues. We have customers who email us and tell us that how it has actually improved their lifestyle, you know, by switching to Elmhurst products because they used to have those problems. And when they switched, uh, because we don't use any of those ingredients, uh, they know what they're getting and their gut is healthy. So those are the two that, that are mainly used a lot in the plant-based industry, gums and thickeners. Okay. Um, and emulsifiers, so I would say stay away from them. Um, and and I say the word carrageenan wrong because you just said it in another way, but that's one that is in a lot of them. How do, how did you pronounce it? Uh, carrageenan. You, carrageenan. Okay, same thing, same thing. That's one that's in uh, in a brand that I did buy a lot. And um, yeah, just read your labels. You got to read your labels because when Absolutely. you when I originally did my research into it, I thought, oh, I think it's like part of a seaweed or something. That can't be a problem. But then when you dig a little bit more, which is what I try to do for 
you, my loyal listener, is to say, actually, you know what, that's showing up in studies is really not the healthiest thing to have in there. So that may be a switch from the brand that you thought you were doing a good job buying to step two in your shopping and decision making as you're in, you know, in the supermarket is, ah, I know a little bit more now. So I'm going to make a more informed decision. So please don't beat yourself up if all of a sudden, you know, your fridge is full of all of these things. You're just learning something new now so that you can make another, another decision. Okay. So back to the actual milks. So what are there particular milks that work better to your knowledge um, in cooking versus maybe in a coffee or a tea or something like that? I want to touch upon our technology real quick because th- that's what make, makes our product very unique. Um, okay. and, and a lot of people don't know about that. Uh, so we have this patented, patented process. It's called as hydro-release technology. And what we do in this process is we do something called as cold processing without getting into the details of the technology itself, what it does is it, it liberates the nutrients in their natural form. So mm-hmm. let's say you have almonds, right? So the way we mill it and then the way, it, or the way, we, um, the way we create a slurry and then the way we liberate those nutrients. So your protein, your fiber, your fat, your carbohydrates, they're all liberated in their natural form. We do not... Um, cause heat degradation to protein right? because what happens in other, you know, what our competitors do is they use something like flowers, which have uh, the protein fiber aggregate in there because of the heat that was created during the milling process. We don't do that. So because of that, that protein that gets liberated, it is highly bioavailable and it's highly functional. And that functional piece is very important when you talk about culinary application or coffee application or any other application. Okay. The reason being um, protein itself uh, has unique functionalities in terms of foaming, in terms of providing the creaminess uh, Mm. and, you know, creating that nice emulsion with with, with the fat and protein Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, keeping the ingredients together and and provide the right mouthfeel. So there are multiple multiple things that that protein provides. And if it's denatured, you'll have that greediness, sandiness. We don't have that in our product. Um, So going back to your question, you know, which of the milks are good for cooking and other applications? I want to say all of them. It depends on how you use them, especially our two ingredient milks. Uh, Since there are two ingredients, there's nothing else in there. Um, uh, And, and, you know, they have the functionality that comes from the proteins and fats. Um, You can... It, just by, you know, making little tweaks, you can actually switch out dairy from your uh, regular cooking and mm-hmm. replace it with, let's say, our cashew milk, which is creamy. It, it's got high, high fat um, and it creates the best kind of curries and sauces that I've ever seen. Wow. Um, so, again, it depends on the application, but all our products work great. The biggest problem other plant-based milk products don't work good is because of those gums. Because when those gums see the heat, they break and um, they, would, they, they would break the entire, um, the entire product in your cooking pan and it would look bad. It uh, wouldn't act like, a, a milk, like, like milk or dairy, right. dairy-based product. Uh, and that's the key there. And the, then the, does that give it the, sort of that curdled look of separation? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And we have tried that. 
um, we always do sort of competitive analysis. We always try different gums and thickeners as well because we, we want to know how our product is different. And it, it just doesn't provide the right, right creaminess and right mouthfeel. And, and the structural mm-hmm. component is not there, which, is, which comes through our protein, which is not denatured and is highly bioavailable. And I think from nutrition point of view, that's, that's also the key. You want your protein to be bioavailable. Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter how much protein you eat. You may be eating yeah. 20 grams of protein, but you may not be getting that 20 grams of protein if you're using a denatured protein or you're using a protein fiber aggregate. Interesting. So it really does become such a source of protein, which milk typically can be, but then most alternative milks, I certainly have not focused on this can be your great source of protein. It's more, let's just swap out the dairy and then put in something else because you need a, a substitute for whatever it is that you happen to be making or try this in your coffee because that's what a source of where someone might get cream, for instance. So what I heard you say is, is the creaminess maybe of the cashew milk might be a better fit for something like that if you're swapping out for cream as opposed to maybe a, an almond, which may not be quite as... Yeah, I love how you keep saying sort of the mouthfeel because that really just brings it back to when you have your drink or your food in your mouth, you want it to not feel like watery when you're used to having some fat, which makes a really big difference. So, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, And when I, so cashew, we have seen more in culinary application when you're baking, you know, we, we have used walnuts as well that provides a nice toasty flavor, you know, Um, again, it, I don't know if you have tried our walnut milk. It literally tastes like I have liquid, not. liquid liquid walnuts. Does it? Uh, so <laughs> it does. Uh, again, it, it's got nothing. It's got walnuts and water. That That's about it. Um, okay. So it provides this nice, toasty flavor that comes from walnut. Um, almonds, obviously. Our almonds are very creamy, too. Um, okay. The only thing is that it, it could be polarizing, depending on if you like almonds or not. Uh, right. It has it has that tannic finish that that you know some people may not like, uh, okay. but we have used it in culinary applications and it works great. Um, mm-hmm. Hemp is another one of those which which is great um, in terms of creaminess. It's it, it's got very high amounts of fat, uh, you know, surprisingly. Uh, so that works great. We we have creamers that contain hemp in there and they beautifully widen the coffee. They you know, provide the right uh, creaminess to the coffee. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as I said, our, all our plant-based milks are good for culinary applications. It depends on what you want to use it for. And also, like you said, what flavor? Because if you're not a walnut Correct. lover, then don't have the walnut milk in your coffee. Then go for, you know, go for something else that maybe doesn't have quite as strong a, a taste profile in there. Because even with that lovely fatty mouth feel that you want from your coffee, you're going to stop at going, oh, walnuts are not my favorite. Or maybe if you don't like walnuts and you, or you think you don't, walnut milk might be the next best thing because it actually tastes incredible. So I'm always trying to push people to to just, just give it a try because you never know. This could be your next next best thing, next favorite thing that you didn't actually realize. And, and I, from the different milks that you've talked about, you know, off, off the top of the podcast, I was talking more about your typical coconut, almond, soy, but all the ones that you've mentioned are certainly ones that I think I'm, I better 
try out because I because I haven't yet, and I'll just see. Yeah, I'll report back to to listeners um, and let them know what they taste like, and you know, kind of give a bit of a bit of a review because it's it's fun. It's fun to try new foods. It's fun to try new milks. It's just fun to dabble and do all of these kind of things. So it certainly sounds like you've got a lot to offer right there. So. Well, thank you so much for, for giving us your great information and also drilling down a little bit more to, to, you know, to the science behind it, because as you're walking the grocery aisle, you probably don't think about that as much. So maybe listeners might now as they're going up and down the aisle. We'll see. But thank you so much for coming on uh, Eat This With Leanne today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. All right. After all that, are you going to head to your fridge? I sure am. What's in there? What milk is gracing your fridge door? I'm going to read all the ingredients of my almond coconut milk and see what's in there that I actually don't want to be in there. What has my oat milk got in it too? Because I think we've got one. Maybe it's more in the back of the fridge. We haven't used that one for a little bit, but I wonder if there's some oils and maybe some gums in there that I didn't really know to look for, but I definitely will now. Before I forget, the company that Shishank works for, he's got a giveaway for us, well, for you guys, not for me, a variety of their milk. So stay tuned until the end to hear how you need to enter that. And the lucky winners are... So let's recap for a second. From my perspective, further to what Shishank had to say, the best plant-based milks to add into cooking, in my opinion, is coconut. If you don't want that coconut flavor, then oat is really quite creamy too. I've added almond milk to pretty much any recipe that I've ever made. And if it calls for milk, I just do a straight swap, especially for things like pancakes and any kind of baking. My kids always think that it's going to flop, but very often it works out. And if I didn't tell them, they probably wouldn't know. More watery drinks like rice milk and even some almond milks will not give you the fluffiness that cream typically does in your eggs or maybe if you're making a mac and cheese, for instance. So watch out for that. It is a bit of an experiment, but know that I'm totally going to try that cashew milk that he talked about in my next milk-based cocktail that someone might make for me. Oh, no. Hang on. Wait a minute. We're not supposed to see anybody, so I'll make it for myself. (laughs) (laughs) With any plant-based milks, no matter what you do with it, whether you try it in a glass or swap it in cooking or add it to some kind of soup, maybe in your coffee or your tea, you've just got to see how it goes pour it over your bowl of cereal or use it in your chia pudding or even your oatmeal. As with any substitution, I find that it often comes down to the expectation of how it tastes and how it feels in your mouth. Don't just swap it and immediately compare it to dairy milk because honestly, you're going to be seriously disappointed. Just taste it for what it is and see if you like it. That grinding of a bean, that nut, that seed could give you a whole new taste sensation that leads your taste buds to have a dance party and your belly to maybe chill out like it's in deep meditation. So it sounds like it's worth a shot to me. Remember that it all comes down to taste, your preference and the nutrients. If you want to go and drink dairy milk, fine, have at it. Please just know that there's no specific nutrient requirement that you have to drink milk or you have to drink dairy to be healthy. In the past experts, they just kind of said, okay, we got to drink milk to prevent our fractures, you know, to build strong bones. And that has 
really, really lasted, you know, throughout a couple of lifetimes, I'm sure. But really, they're talking about the calcium. And it turns out that milk evidence shows that drinking a lot of milk or even eating dairy products does not really have any benefit to your fracture risk. So you can get calcium from leafy greens, broccoli, nuts, even almonds. They're amazing. Sesame seeds and tahini, if you've ever had that, maybe in a sauce or a dip, super high in calcium and actually far more absorbable than what we find in milk. You know, you know what I've learned from this? You talked about how they talk about milk in the history books way back in 1300 uh, in China. In my mind, I guess cows had better publicists, right? Than- <laughs> exactly. Right? Like if, if, it's been, if it's been around that long, why did we get yeah. stuck on cow's milk? I have no idea. Through so many generations. It's really interesting. Pure marketing. So I want to know, what is your favorite? What's your go-to? What have you tried? What's worked? And what flopped? What are you going to put in your cup of joe or your cup of tea or even in your cocktail tonight? I do want to know. And I'm then I'm going to share it with other listeners so that they can try it too. And, you know, you can inspire them just like I hope I inspire you. While you're heading over to sproutright.com forward slash plant milk to enter to win a box of the assorted Elmhurst milk products, send me a note and let me know. Or you know that you can always find me on social media at both SproutRight and Leanne Phillipson handles. This giveaway and for you to enter will expire on December the 11th, 2020, just in case you find this after that and you're listening to it and think that you can still enter, we have to have a cutoff date. Go boldly into the plant milk aisle. Try out something new this week, maybe in your soup, in your smoothie, or even on your cereal. And while you're tasting it, remember to eat this one mouthful at a time. <laughs>